Welcome to episode 448 of I Am Talk, your weekly fix in all things Iron Man. Radio team, welcome along to episode 448 of I Am Talk with Coach John Newsom and Bevan James Isles. How you going, mate? I'm top of New Zealand, Bevan. Not on top of the world, but on top of New Zealand. What, what, what's the difference? I'm, I'm, I'm confused. Well, well, we should put up... But Why don't you get a map for this week, actually? Okay, okay. Of, give me some homework. <laughs> yeah, give me some homework. We've got a wizard in Christchurch, the Wizard of Christchurch. Yes, I know. And one of the things that he sells is an, a a map of the world that's upside down and that actually puts New Zealand on top of the world not on the bottom of the world how do they determine what's the top and the bottom based on the universe uh, uh, <laughs> I'm not a bloody astrophysicist or anything like that working out how to, um, yeah. on every map in the world we're on the bottom of the world yeah but maybe uh, we are, maybe he's right maybe we are the top what's the top and the bottom of the universe there you go. Yeah. Jeepers, creepers. Okay, I'm talking is proudly brought to you by... Athletes.com. Social networking for endurance athletes. And extreme endurance. Your lack buffer. And also our patrons, John. Our and patrons. our patrons. Our patrons. And we'll talk about that later on. Um, just so you guys know, I'm actually up in Auckland right now in a hotel room. They're, they don't believe in aircom air at this hotel, John. And uh, is, I'm seriously, I'm sweating like a dog just sitting here talking to you. So we, first time we started recording the show, we had our, our, our webcams on, and I politely asked Bevan to turn his off, because he's sitting there without a top on, and then the internet wasn't working, so he actually got forced to turn it off. So I'm feeling a bit better not having to stare at a half-naked Bevan. I think you're slightly disappointed, team. Anyway, guys, in this week's show, we've got some news. We've got an age grouper of the week. We've got Statistic, and we've got lots of questions and answers at the end. So... Uh, Let's rock and roll. Okay, news. quite a bit of news happened over the last few weeks with John and I being away. Challenge Dubai have announced a $300,000 prize purse for the Challenge Dubai race, which is going to be happening on the 27th of February, so pretty much a month from now. And uh, it's got a pretty stellar feel, John. It has. And uh, when they first came out with these races, they you know, with Bahrain and Dubai and um, the third one, which is in, I think it's Oman, I can't remember off the top of my head, uh, but they said it was really going to be a game changer, and I don't think it's necessarily going to be a, a, you know, a game changer for the sport and totally going to change things. But what it is doing is it's drawing a very, very high quality fields on a more regular occasion than we we see any other year. So you know, normally we see starting to see seventy point three worlds. We get a good, really good, strong field there, and then maybe the odd random one here or there. But they certainly had a stellar field at Challenge Bahrain, and then in Dubai with this money um, they're going to get a good field as well and I think what's interesting for us is you know in Bahrain you had you sort of the, the, some of the regular 70.3 guys and some of the, the iron distance guys but what we're going to see in um, Dubai is that Gomez is going to be rocking up yeah. so it's going to be a fantastic race to see Gomez going um, up against Fredino and uh, Raylert. Michael Raylert. Well, the winner, so the prize purse goes, the winner takes home 65k, then you got 35, 29, 6, 5, 7, 4, 3, 2, 1. So it's a pretty good payday if you take out that race, isn't it? It is. And I'm sure with these races, we, you know, we know, we hear from 
from Bahrain and stuff, it's the prize money is one thing, but they're actually really looking after the pro athletes. You know, if this was a seventy point three worlds or something, you know, the athletes would I'm sure have to find their own way there, look after their own accommodation, have expenses left, right and centre. But I would imagine that the challenge guys are really making a big effort to look after these top athletes. So um, you know, because they do it's a it's a long, difficult place to, to travel to for, for most people around the world. You know, if you're going up to seventy point three worlds, you know, last year a lot of the athletes would be based in America and to pop over to Canada is not um too onerous but to get to the middle east for most people you know they're not training out that neck of the woods so yeah it looks looking like a stellar field on the, the girls side they've got leander cave melissa holstein caroline stefan daniela reef Hallie frederickson so it's um yeah it's it's shaping up to be really very interesting what they're doing in the middle east it really is it's going to be pretty interesting so we had some other races happening over the last few weeks and the first one we're going to mention is the Tauranga Half which uh, Curry managed to take out but Braden Curry had a pretty good race he did so um, I know we're going to talk a bit of 70.3 news now it's not something we do a lot but uh, we're in New Zealand and there's a few races down here at the moment and there's no other races going on and I think of what's of interest here is you know not not massively surprising that Craig Alexander won the race um, but Braden Curry was second and, and a lot of you guys will have never heard of this guy but he's the current coast to coast champion um, which is our big sort of multi-sport race here in New Zealand and what you'd expect when someone like that goes and rocks up at a you know a, a triathlon event is yeah of course they'll be good on the bike and the run and but they'll probably be pretty crap in, this, in the water but Braden Curry was actually um, in front of or in the same group as Cameron Brown, he was actually in front of them, and um, also Craig Alexander, and he basically his his swim swim split was the same time as Ryan Sissons, who's a guy who's on the ITU circuit for New Zealand. So um, that was pretty impressive, and he's going to be racing Challenge Wanaka. So I'm going to be really intrigued to see what he can do down there, you know, as the overall race package and um, and where he sort of leads to. Because you know um, Richard Usher, who was also a fantastic coast to coast athlete, you know, he had some. Really Really good success at Ironman, and will be interested to see um, how Braden Curry goes. Well, didn't Richard I should do like a, a 807 and wrote? I think it was even quicker than that. I think it was he, he held the New Zealand record for quite some time until Cameron Brown only recently broke it when he went. Cameron Brown went eight hours flat in Melbourne, no, but, I think yeah. it was. But up until then, you know, Richard Usher was uh, you know the long course record holder for for Ironman or Iron Distance for for Kiwis. So a guy like Braden Curry, like he's in this really interesting position right now. Let's say he does go along, and, and you know, he's high chance he could take out um, Challenge Wanaka. He's in an interesting position because. What's the better career path for a guy of his ability who can probably make a pretty good name for him, or he already has made a good name for himself within multi-sport in New Zealand, and, and probably on the world scale, he's probably known as well. Um, and then Ironman, what, 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 what would you think would be the better path for him to take? How about we get him on the show and we'll ask him. Oh, nice. <laughs> It, 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 one interview we're going to have coming up w- is going to be with uh, Jesse Thomas, who recently wrote an article about how much money the pros are making. Um, normally, I would have said uh, that <clears throat> he's probably got better income capacity by going down the multi-sport route. You know, he's currently sponsored by Red Bull, and he's you know any multi-sport event that he goes to, he's basically going to probably win it um and some of those races have reasonable prize money so i'd say he's got a you know it's a it's a less competitive sport but he's an exceptional athlete so i would have thought in terms of earning city given that he's based in new zealand he's probably got a better chance um in the multi-sport path you know ironman's competitive 
he's probably going to do pretty well. But based out of New Zealand, you're not going to get the same sort of sponsors that you do in the states and what have you. So, but yeah, no, I'll um, I'll put it on my list to try to get him on. He's going to have a few things coming up. I think he's doing Coast to Coast and Challenge Wanaka, but we'll try and get him on the show and uh, see what direction he's going in. He's the guy who broke my record at the Challenge Half in Wanaka. I had the I had the run course record and Braden took it out and he smashed it like by five minutes. Nice. So I'm going to complain when he gets on the show. John, we also had the Auckland 70.3 and Tim Reid uh, had a great race. Yeah, he did, and, and you would have expected on paper he's uh, you know a stellar 70.3 athlete and was the the best athlete on paper and went out there and delivered, got himself in a good position. After the um, you know, going through the bike, and uh, and as you kind of would expect, just crushed it on the runs. He took it out. Leon Griffin from Australia was second. Cam Brown is back in the game in a big way, having a great start to the year. And he took down Craig Alexander, who was fourth. And I think one of the races of the day for me was um, Dylan McNeese. You know, he he's shown at challenge races when he's out racing solo he can absolutely crush it and uh and and you know, put in some stellar performances but when he's been in more competitive fields you know and uh wtc races and challenge road he hasn't really delivered but at this race you know, he had a fantastic race around a 115 which is a, an awesome run split for him yeah. and uh came in fifth place so good start to the season for him and the girls side of things girls side of things um, we had Meredith Kessler take it out um, from Gina yeah, Crawford, yeah. Uh, and Gina actually rode up to her at one stage. So I'm not quite sure if Meredith, you know, she's a, usually a stronger cyclist, but uh, maybe she had some technical difficulties. I'm not sure, but she ended up taking it out pretty comfortably. With the South Africa 70.3 happening as well, and Jody Swallow took it out. Yep, she's won that time, race about a gazillion times, and a guy called Matt Trotman from South Africa took out the boys' race. Okay, so we're having more takeovers happening in the sport, Jombo. So we had uh, Challenge Vici, which has been happening for a few years now. The company called Optimum Sports Events, uh, who organised Challenge Vici, have been sold. And now next year, suddenly there's a 70.3 in Vici. And an iron, and an iron man as well. So um, I'm pretty sure Gail Maynard is the guy. He used to be a good French athlete um, that was organising the Challenge race. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just <laughs> Funny old game they're playing Iron Man and Challenge. Yeah, Challenge are making some more noises in America. They've set up a new management structure there, and it's just going to be. I think we're just going to continue to see this sort of tit for tat. Um, you know, uh, race hands changing hands and stuff. You know, I'd, I'd imagine a an Iron Man race in a seventy point three is probably going to draw a bigger field in in France. But um, yeah, it's just you know Challenge. Have hits put their brand on it. They've put the time and effort into building up that race, and then it come and gets comes and gets uh, snatched away from them. But at the same time, they've uh, taken over a few WTC races. So yeah, it's just a bit of a sad state of affairs. But I don't think it's going to be the end of it. I'm just curious to see what the kind of penalties would be. You know, if we look at uh, like you know this happening now. Sure, when it first started happening about three or four years ago, or probably two or three years ago, you know, it was a big thing. But surely now, you know, Challenge or Ironman, well, Ironman owns the races, but Challenge who kind of contract the races out, surely there must have a pretty big penalty for, you know, you know, going away from the race. So I'd love to know what kind of penalty that is. And obviously Ironman, that's it's something they're willing to pay in kind of these types of transactions. Mm. Yeah, no, it's, uh, I'd imagine with the challenge race, they probably have a contract period and maybe that contract was up or otherwise they just broke the contract. You know, we see it in sport all the time, you know, pro athletes breaking contracts. So it's, you know, as you said, it's just a matter of how big that, um, that fee would be. But obviously in this case, I've deemed it worthwhile and, um, yeah, more races in Europe. So 
good 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 for people, I guess, who want to try to qualify for um, Kona. I, I think in France, again, just off the top of my head, there's only probably Nice. I don't think there's any other iron distance race. I could be wrong. So I guess if you get all the Frenchies, good. So Tim Don at the CES, Consumer Electronics Show, uh, did an Ironman, a solo Ironman, <laughs> predominantly indoors. He did. It looked a bit crazy. So he, he got up, but what looked pretty early and swam in a flipping um, man-made lake out the front of one of the and uh, and and he gone over to where the expo was on got on the trainer and uh, 180 k's on the trainer and then uh, did the majority of his 42k run on a treadmill so that's a, a long solo training day and uh, it was all to do with Polar and I guess just trying to draw some attention to their booth at the expo but uh, good on him for cranking out a flipping iron distance race and train uh, and training. I think it took about nine hours and about nine hours and thirty minutes I think nine fifteen or something like that to do the yeah. whole thing but I've been to those conventions because I've been to a lot of fitness conventions in my time and one time there was a guy there who was trying to beat the world indoor 100 miler on a treadmill Mm. At a convention, and I have to say, the guy looked like he was going through hell. Not not hell as in like he was working hard, as in his mind was exploding from boredom. Because it was <laughs> <laughs> like the poor bugger. When I was doing it, it didn't even have like a TV or anything in front of him. It was just, and he was there for hours. And it's like, oh, bugger that for a job. You hope that it was a busy convention where you'd have enough people walking around just to do some some people watching and stuff. Yeah, well, I don't think you know. Often at these things, there's people who don't really get it. So it'd be interesting to see. Yeah, it would be interesting to talk to Tim about it. But anyway, well done. It's a pretty good effort. Um, Jombo, we're going to have a couple triathlon teams coming into the picture. We have, and this is a, 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 it's a little bit of an interesting one. So the, the, it's called uh, the Element on Tri-Team, or O.N. I'm not quite sure how they uh, pronounce that there. And it's a, it's a small collection of, of athletes, um, and it's very much a base to be promoting um, triathlon in the Middle East. Their sponsor is sponsors are one of them's uh, sort of a medical run a bunch of medical sort of oh, let me read it out from the website Alameda Healthcare Holdings Alameda owns and operates several large healthcare projects across the Middle East and North Africa and is very keen to promote an active healthy lifestyle and then the other on brand is associated um, with one of their athletes and it uh, promotes many programs across the Arab region promoting active active and healthy living to adults and youngsters alike. So their sponsors are not your traditional sort of um, team specialised team or anything like that. It's very much about promoting you know, healthy lifestyles in, in sort of the Middle East and North Africa. Um, so interesting. But what's interesting for me is... Um, you know, they've signed on Leander Cave, who, you know, she's a <clears throat> multiple world champion across all distances. And to, to lure her across, I would imagine, would have, you know, needed to cost a, a, a few big bickies. And she's probably, you know, foregone, you know, all her other sponsors just to be part of this team. So quite a big deal for her. The other athletes on the team are a guy called Lawrence Fanoir, who's um, racing under the Jordan Jordanian flag. He's actually based in, in the UK. And then also a guy who's trying to make it, and he's a, an ITU guy, and another guy who's trying to make it for Rio um, Omar Noir, who races for Egypt. And then you've got Leander Cave and totally butcher her name again i think it's uh Aymar mulan from ireland is the other female on the team so yeah it'll be interesting to see how this team develops over the next few years and then we've got uh, joyce's new team 
I don't know if it's a new team. I think it's just a sponsor. Oh, okay. I thought it was a team. No. Ah. Well, there you go. It was just one of those. It was just one of those sponsors announcement. We have signed on Joycey and Tim Don, and uh, yeah, I think it's just a sponsor. They had some pretty cool photos, but did you see how those photos? No, you didn't see them through. I was in the link. <laughs> I was in the. Anyway, oh well, uh, the Coca Cola's on the outfit, so that's pretty cool. Um, we had the I am I am talk Iron Man New Zealand prize draw, John. What happened there? I, I was all out of this, and I just occasionally go on Facebook and it looked like it was a, a bloody mess. What happened? Oh, there was more twists and turns than a John Grisham novel, Bevan. I tell you what. <laughs> um, so initially, we had our prize winner. So what I did is I basically just had to like the. Like the post and you're in the draw and a lot of people liked it and didn't necessarily want to, to be in the draw. So by the time we actually did the did the winner, it went down, rolled to sixth place to Tanya Injak, um, who's uh, based in Wellington, I think it is. And so she said, yep, I'm all in. I'm ready to go. Lock it went in, Eddie. Lo- went out and did a long ride and uh, pulled a hamstring and it was a recurring injury and she knew she wasn't going to be able to get over it in time for the race. So we had oh, yeah. to do another roll down and it ended up rolling to 10th place and if it hadn't gone to 10th place it was I was just going to do a doing a bit of a free for all and he ended up taking it, it was Daniel McTanch and I think he's um, based in Brisbane I think so uh, we have a winner Bevan. Wow, well done Daniel hopefully he's been training. He has and now that you have to Daniel, go out there and buy yourself about 10 cartons of uh, M's Power Cookies because it was all in association with M's Power Cookies. So go out there and fill yourself with uh, with them. have to say, not that I was ever interested in taking that prize, but I'd love to see how I would find doing an Ironman. Let's say, let's say, I, did, let's say I took the prize. Well, how long since I, 08 was the last time I did an Ironman? So it's been, what, six, seven years? If I just rocked up, with how many? How many? It was like a month, is it? To race day? A little bit more than that. Yeah, six weeks. I think. Six weeks training. What that experience would be like? That would be pretty fascinating, wouldn't it? It would be totally different outlook if you were going to race it or just complete it. So oh, I'd have to just complete it. There's yeah. no way you could race it. Yeah, yeah, but even if you, you know, if you raced it to your current level of fitness. Oh, okay. So if I kind of push based on. Yeah, but it's still based on the lack of foundation underneath me right now. Like, sure, I'm fit because of all my work I do, but not Ironman fit. So, you find I'd still have to be pretty conservative, even if I was racing it. Mm. It was interesting because I was having a chat to, to a friend when we were away on holiday, and she signed up for for an Ironman. She's just done a few halves and stuff, and she said she's purely going out there just to complete it. And I said, well, that's yeah, that will be no drama whatsoever for her. But if she does want to race, you know, at the, her best to her best potential, it's a totally different, uh, totally different kettle of fish. So, yes, um, good luck to everybody. You know, last preparations for Ironman New Zealand. Okay, John, we've got a sponsor, and we're going to talk about extreme endurance. Oh, you miss out, bloody you miss out. Miss oh, out sorry, to promote your stuff. Epic yeah. Camp France, John, 2016. What's going to happen? Yeah, just giving a little, little quick plug. If anybody wants to get on Epic Camp France, we've got some, plenty of spots left open. Um, it's going to be in 2016. You come celebrate my 40th birthday with me. 40. We're going to be going through the Alps. And it's 40 going, Warrior? It's going to be an epic. No, it doesn't. Uh, it's going to be a proper full-on Epic Camp. Uh, so really, if you want to um, make it, you really need to be sort of a sub-11-hour athlete um, or a very strong cyclist. If you're a really strong cyclist but a terrible swimmer or uh, runner, you'll probably cope. But, um, yeah, it's going to be good times. So, How long's the camp? 
it's going to be i think it's a 12 it's an 11 day 11 day camp i think 12 days in total 11 days of, of training and yep. start in marseille and make our way out to geneva going up alpe d'huez and um all the famous climbs through the alps so pop me a note um and find out more and also if anybody wants a last minute slot on for the kona camp i have got a couple of spots left open for that um for coming up at the end of may Time's rock and roll. Okay, John, I think we should probably go sponsor now. Extreme Insurance. <laughs> I don't know if you re- did this last week because I copied and pasted all the show notes from last week. But uh, I had maybe, an email. Maybe, I did. And, maybe you did. Oh, we'll, we'll really do it again because it's always a goodie. Uh, I had a guy currently popped me a note. Currently training for Ironman Melbourne. I've tried out the immune boost and found it to be a great product. Normally, whilst under peak training times, I would usually get the flu of some kind, but so far, so good. So, obviously, you've got the normal Extreme Endurance product, but also Immune Boosts if you're going through a heavy train of training, a heavy phase of training, either for a down under Ironman or for um, Hemisphere Methanary. You want to get yourself a bit of immune boost and it's got all your good vitamins and minerals and keep you happy and I've found the same thing uh, just taking it through winter and stuff um, very very really got sick so check it out xendurance.com if you're going through the, the .com website promo code book 5 and get yourself a 5 buck discount good times okay so it's xendurance.com guys and remember get the discount when you kind of check out with the IM Talk discount okay Jonbo so I'm just putting up this week's discussion so Last week the discussion was, or it's been a couple of weeks now, both Kit Morrison and Tom Lone, who sent this through, I can't remember, um, have called it a Kit statement on her website. Tom uh, may not have gone public yet, but Kit, for a Kit tribute reflection, could do worse than Lanzarote 2010. There's also an article on her Telegraph about her uh, crazy race. Tom's second fastest sprint of all time, which was 11th in Kona in 2011. It's crazy that he's the second fastest of all time. I would have thought... Mm. Yeah, the, uh, I, the, the Poms, while she produced a production line of uh, amazing course. female athletes, oh, okay. amazing ITU athletes, um, yeah, outside of Spencer Smith, very few top, top, top UK guys, uh, top, top, top Ironman guys, have some great ones like Stephen Bayliss and, um, and guys like that who win races, but in terms of, you know, you know top, 10 Konas, Kona guys, um, very far, few and far between. Well, if we went back to when Spencer Smith got fifth, uh, which would have been in, you know, the 90s, um, you know, to think that, you know, that would be the, the best result from a UK guy up until now, that's pretty crazy. Mm. I mean, Simon Lessing, you know, failed when he went yeah. to Kona. Um, yeah. But outside of that, yeah, I can't recall anybody. So, so that, actual... that led to the sweet discussion, which is that it's time to no, get magic. No, no, Bevan, you, you, you're getting confused, Bevan. You're getting confused. Am I getting confused, am I? Yeah. The discussion was it's time to get your magic ball out and look into the future. We want yeah, to. Yeah, that's predict- what I was about to read. Okay. Bloody that, hell. <laughs> that, that email came in after we'd done the post. Oh, okay. Well, anyway, it's time to get your magic ball out, John, and <laughs> to look into <laughs> the future. We want you to predict who will retire throughout 2015. Who are the pros that will be saying goodbye to this year? So, Jombo. Who you can start? Um, sea swim bike run says Crowley's like John Farnham retires twenty three times but still keeps kicking ass. Yep, uh, Mike Three Goals got the same thing. Crowley will announce that he's retiring this year. Then he will say he's having one more year at Kona. I don't think he's, we're going to see him at Kona this year. And he's also saying that Tom Lowe has actually announced his retirement officially now. Oh really? Ah. Oh. Mm. Um, Roddy host Scott Connolly says Luke Bell and Andy Raylert Brandon Del Campo Peter Reed and Tim DeBoom back it up <laughs> going back a few years mate 
James Botel says Granger, Rhodesy, and Crowey. Belinda Granger has retired from pro racing, I think, um, and that's what she indicated when I was chat to her over in Kona. Rhodesy will never retire; he will keep going forever. And uh, and Crowey's looking like he will keep heading in the same direction. Arnold Hesseman Saluvak. That's his name. We met him. He's a real nice guy. Uh, Maka, Marino, Ray Lurt, or Andy Ray Lurt, and maybe Crow for the men's, and he's got Granger as well. Nice. Uh, Joanna, Joanna Baxis always knows the inside goss. Says Andreas is hoping to race with his brother in Kona one day, so no retirement yet. Maka wants to race this year. Belinda Granger is doing her last races this year. I think David Dallow and Cam Brown. Dave Tello wouldn't have picked that one. Um, Chapman, Mark Chapman's got Natasha Batman. Of course not. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a few other people have got uh, to Crowey. Phil Wilson uh, said Peter Verbusik. In their 30 years, he must be about 100. But he's going to keep going until he's 200. Can't imagine him retiring anytime soon. Good old Matthew Binns has got a controversial one. Pete Jacobs. He's got, I think he's used up his bucket of mental races energy, as Ken Glad describes it. I don't know about that one. Oh, I think that's an interesting one, you know. He, he, he'll retire. He's not that old. Yeah, I know. But when was the last time he had a good race? I mean, I know, uh, was it 2011? What year did he win Kona? Get your, get your Google going, Bevan. Oh, see what uh, year he won Cut you out, I can't. We're going to put the internet to cut you out. Oh, okay. You get the um, Google going. <laughs> okay. I'll do that in a second, but... Uh, he's not retiring this year. I guarantee it. Okay. Is that a Bevan James guarantee? Yes, it's a, and when I guarantee it, it's, it's a guarantee. There's no 99%. There's no way he's retiring. It's how he makes his living. Like, you know, and he's still got, he's, I don't know exactly how old he is, but I'm sure he's got a few more years in front of him. Well, Wikipedia says he's, uh, he's 33. Yeah, so he's, he's got another good three or four years racing in front of him. Yeah. And, uh, you 20, know, when 2012 we, was the year that he won. He's 179 tall. I thought he was taller than that. He always seems like a bloody giant when I'm standing next to him. Well, you're not the tallest man, John. <laughs> Let's be yeah, honest. 70 kgs. You must think I'm a giant as well because I'm 181. Uh, you're not taller than him. That's the thing. That's incorrect. Wikipedia, you're wrong. No, no. I'm, I'm, I'm a giant in your eyes, John. No, Pete Jacobs, he's not, there's no way he's retiring. Because no. when we interviewed him post-race last year in Kona, he, he just said, you know, it was a shit year from day one. He just had a bad year, injuries and all the rest of it. Far out. This guy's a quality athlete, and there's no way he's past his peak. But Matt, you're wrong. There you go. I've, I've said it. Okay. Uh, Lucy Francis is Marino van Holnacker, and I think that pretty much covers them all. Okay. Your projection is John. Uh, Raylert wouldn't be surprised about that. You know, he's been going pretty crap for quite some time. I think a large part of that has been battling um, injuries. Another one I wouldn't be um, Farisol Sultan. He's been around for ages. He's not that old, but he's been around for ages. Geez, yeah, because when did he win it? He won it like them in... 2005. Yeah, so it was 10 years ago. But he was very young at the time. Yeah, and he's, still. Yeah, but he still performs, yeah. but he just kind of seems that the type of guy just go, ah, oh, stuff it, I've had enough. Yeah, but at some stage. But he's, he's also been one of the guys who's always been quite business savvy. You know what I mean? Like he's, he's one of the ones who's always kind of... You know, not how to get money behind him, and you know, so yeah, it's a hard one, isn't it? 
And on the girls' side of things, yeah, you never know when people are going to take baby breaks, so they may Ooh. not necessarily retire for, for long periods. And this is, I'm not going anywhere whatsoever with this. In John's got an inside goss team. Inside news. <laughs> but I actually had, I did this before this uh, announcement on this new team came that came out. Leander Cave's been battling with injuries for, for quite some time, so, um, but she's been around for, for a long time as well and sort of institutionalised into the sport from a, from a junior. So it was just one that I thought, oh, I wouldn't be that surprised if she retired at some stage soon and um, who knows with, yeah, with any of the girls when uh, you've when got Rennie John you've got Rennie's going to have a baby that's your prediction oh, I didn't say she's going to have a baby but oh because you've got baby breaks underneath Rennie so I thought that's what you were, you were Im- um, implying she's re- fairly recently married you know you never know you never know clock's ticking clock's ticking <laughs> Okay, this week's discussion. Uh, have you ever been the subject to a stupid rule by any tri sport, e.g., running, biking, swimming, or try? Just uh, we got this from Rule Ferrell. He's got uh, just catching up on about your chat about snorkels in the race. They should be banned. That was a bit controversial at the time. My local pool had a banned paddles on the grounds of health and safety. Bloody stupid is a legitimate training aid, and for those who swim at stupid o'clock like me, are hardly leisure swimmers. Maybe they should remove lane ropes so you don't strangle yourself in the water for obvious reasons so he wants to know what stupid rules have you ever experienced in either running biking swimming or triathlon have you had any stupid rules on i know it's next week's discussion just give me yes or no next week just give me yes or no uh i'll go yes i'll have to think up something during the week okay john there's no music this week because we're doing it over skype one two three age group of the week okay nick no jones have we done this one john did you think to yourself we've done this one uh, possibly. I, I did think to myself, oh, we may have done this one, but maybe just I remember writing that he read an email. Anyway, just wanted to drop a quick nomination for Age Group of the Week. A good mate of mine and proud member of the Canberra Billies. Bilbies. Bilbies? Oh, there's an L there. Yeah, I think we did because I remember you said that to me last time. I think Try- we have, but let's do it again. Okay, try to of Matthew Wolverine Jackman. I'm, I'm almost pretty certain we've done this one. I joined the Bilbies in August 2013 and met Matt, or Jacko as he's more commonly known, through the club or training for the Camper 70.3 in December 2013. He was using the race as a building block towards his first Ironman, Ironman Australia, earlier this year. Jacko put some serious solid hours of training in and built in the build up to Ironman Australia, balancing his training with his busy work role. Yeah, for the work at Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade and a newborn child. This does seem very familiar. (laughs) (laughs) Unfortunately, the later meant that joining him for the long weekend rides meant an early start. You know, you are starting early in Australia when you need lights in summer and early autumn. Because they don't do daylight savings here, do they? I don't think they do. Or Uh, on parts of Australia, they don't. In Queensland, they don't. No. Uh, Other than a small mishap... I think you said the exact same thing (laughs) last time. Other than a small mishap at the half and challenge Batman's Bay where he split his head open celebrating when finishing the cross line, uh, the finish line, sorry, Jacko built up up went smoothly. On a more seriously tough day, he combined a 57 swim, a 555 bike and a well-paced 358 run for a time of 10.56.45. Jacko was soaked with his time and is now training for Ironman Melbourne next year where his goal is sub-10. Hopefully you guys will give him a shout-out. We're actually going to give him two. That's how yeah. impressive this is. As he's an ever listener of the show and both of us are devastated for him to not win the Kona trip with you boys. So uh, that's from Nick. John, I, I do think your system's let you down, mate. Your system's oh, no. let you down. 
a bit what I said last time was that's an incredibly well-balanced race. You know, a sub one-hour swim, sub six on the bike, and sub four on the run. That's a perfect balanced race. And also not too slow in transitions. Yes, a bit. That's what I said last time. Uh, my systems are not are not foolproof. I'll, I'll admit it. Shut up, mate. Shut up. But if we haven't done this one again, well done, Jacko. Oh. You're a bloody legend. Yep. And well done on uh, an awesome day at the office. And go the go the Bilby's Triathlon Club. You guys yeah. rock. Yeah. Good luck for Ironman Melbourne coming up. Okay. Uh, so what is it? It's uh, what was his name again? Uh, Matthew oh, Wolverine Jackman. Twice, bloody hell, get it right. Yeah, you think I know by now. Uh, you Wolverine Jackman. You are our age, age group, group of, the week. of the week. Okay, lovely. Love your work there, Jumbo. Well, actually, sharp it up. Uh, Statistic, John, give it to me. Statistic, it's fantastic. Oh, that's right. Statistic, it's fantastic. Uh, <laughs> right, I got a bit of help on this one from good old Torsten at Try Rating and his 2014 um, try rating report is now out. You can go to tryrating.com and get that. And I can't remember where I was going with this when I actually asked him the question, but uh, I was interested to know how many pros were registered um, on the f- f- as pros last year. Can because- I go, before you give the numbers, were you surprised by it? Uh, a, yeah, a little bit. Yep. A little bit. And because basically to, to be a pro these days, you pay your pro fee, which I think is 750 bucks, I think, yeah, or 500 bucks, entry, something like that. And the thing is, you can go and race at as many races as you like for that. So in New Zealand for us, it would make, wouldn't make much sense. There's only two races, or if you're going to do both of them. If it was someone like Devon or I, um, who could essentially you know, get ourselves up to a pro level, you go, well, this is a no-brainer. I can go and do, if I just want to race lots, I can go and ra- do lots of races. If you lived in America and there was five or six WTC races within a few hours and you just want to race triathlons and you're of a reasonable standard, you go, right, I'm going to go get this. And then I only have to pay 750 bucks versus having to pay 750 bucks seven times or so. So from that perspective, I'm not overly surprised for people trying to save the buck. Um, in terms of people actually how much how many of them are making money out of the sport uh, it's a totally different story so the question was um, or the, the, the stat is the number of registered WTC pros I've actually got two stats here because I've got a male and a female wow so, crazy that who would have thought <laughs> yeah crazy that so have a little think we'll give a, a couple of seconds for you to think how many male pros there are Fifty-two male pro athletes and three hundred and fifty female athletes. So it's roughly two thirds male, one third female, um, and yes. Yeah, so you're basically looking at bang on a thousand pro athletes. It's uh, it's been pretty stable over the last few years as well. Mm. So yeah, interesting. I, I, to be honest, I thought that was a little bit higher than what I would have thought. You know, when we think about, you know, just oh no, just uh, six hundred and fifty is particularly for the men, seem a little bit higher than what I would have imagined. Like if you had yeah. asked me how many pros, I probably would have said about 400, maybe yeah. 450. So, mm. And I can guarantee that probably 500 of them have made very, very, 500 of the guys have made very, very, very little money. And a lot of them will have made no money. When, when but they you, will have saved themselves a lot on entry fees. Yeah, so that's the thing. Like if you, let's say you're going to have another 2014, 
where you wanted to kind of get out there and race lots, but the goal wasn't so much Kona, would you enter as a pro? Uh, again, I'd come back. If I was in, in New Zealand, probably not, um, because it may not stack up. But if I was in America uh, or somewhere where I was going to race more regularly and all of those races were going to be WTC, then, yeah, if it was a case of I want to get as fast as I possibly can over iron distance rather than trying to cone it, then, um, then I, would, I would certainly consider it. Well, if we look at your last year... You did four, I know Kona was one of them, but let's just say that you chose another Ironman. You did do four WTC races, didn't mm. you? So, you yeah. know, in that case, it would have been cheaper for you to actually enter as a pro. This is true, Bevan. Just doing the mess, John. Doing the mess in my <laughs> head, you know? Um, but, and I guess we could make a whole big issue, and we've done this before out of this, you know, who should be, you know, what standards should we set for pros. But at the end of the day, if you get people that are racing that are, that are not of, um, what I would consider pro standard, does it really matter? And I think it's, you know, if, if trying to say, right, you've, you've got to set up some really strict schedule where you've got to meet certain time requirements or percentage requirements. I mean, at the end of the day, does it really matter if you get people that are a little bit slower racing pro? I think there's still got to be standards. But, you know, in terms of, in my eyes, um, if, if, some, if a guy can't break nine hours for an Ironman, then I don't really think they're of pro standard but if somebody's racing and they're a 9.15 to 9.30 athlete or even potentially slower then I suppose it's not that big a deal if they're starting with the pros they're not taking away anything from the sport in terms of prize money um, but I guess you could say well they're, they're, they're obviously not paying the entry fees other people are paying so I, I just wonder does WTC actually reject people as pros you know like you know let's say you are getting a guy who, who's never had a result faster than nine and a half or even say 10 hours you know and, and there are athletes who never actually get the result but potentially could could get that result you know there's plenty of athletes out there who never got to not you know under nine hours and you know but maybe only got close to 10 in the results uh does wtc actually say no you can't be a pro based on your results even though they may have a, a national body pro card uh, if you've got a national body pro card, I think they will definitely not say no. But that's where the discrepancy lies. Is yeah, you know, there's ten million different. Well, not ten million. There's a lot of different qualifying criteria. So in New Zealand, there's no criteria. Essentially, you just have to prove you're of sort of pro worthy standard, yeah. um, which you know someone like Bevan and myself have done in the past. Um, but if you're in the US, then there certainly is criteria in terms of meeting a certain percentage of. Um, the winner's time at particular races don't know what the rule is in, in the UK um, but yeah it varies from, from country to country but I think as long as your national federation says you're a legitimate pro then um, you're okay so I know an instance of that there used to be a girl who used to come out to Christchurch who was from India and she raced uh, she essentially raced in the pro division and she was you know nowhere near close to being pro you know I'm talking I can't actually remember how, how her sort of speed, but it was like 11 or 12 or 13 hours or something like that for an Ironman, yet she still races pro because um, probably the Indian Triathlon Federation just said, yeah, sure, fine, go for it, and yeah. then submit that to the WTC. So just thought it was interesting, you know, 1,000 pro athletes out there, and of them um, it would be interesting to know how many are actually making any money. Okay, Jumbo, let's talk about our next sponsor, Athlinks. Athlinks.com. And the thing with Athlinks, you've got to take the good with the bad and you've got to make sure that you, you know, when you have 
good results, you claim them up there, but also when you have bad results, you've got to claim them as well. And uh, so you get a nice, even spread. So when you, when the when the good times are going, you can look back at your bad results and say, I don't want to be going to that place. And when you start registering a few bad ones, you need to look at the, the good ones and go, that's where I want to get myself back to. But it's by far the best place to keep everything in one place. And I know from a personal perspective, you know, lots of the races that I've done over the years, the, the, the websites are either no longer there, the events are gone but I've managed to actually keep some some results there that um, that otherwise I wouldn't have them and it's just nice to go back and you know, look at the 10k times 5k times and stuff like that and uh, and have something to set your sights on so make sure you, you get them all your results up there get them stored because you never know when an event might disappear and then your results will be gone I think the other thing with athletes is you, know, you get this habit of always inputting your results or the you know the race, race link and stuff but even if you could just go and put a couple of quick notes next to it it's mm. also kind of a cool little tool you know because you can look at the times and there's lots of value in just kind of seeing you know your progress or if you're regressing and, and stuff like that but at the same time, if you've also got some notes there that, oh, wow, that's okay, that, that's that day, or maybe it was a bad weather day, or, you know, I just felt really good that day, and just kind of give a couple of little quick notes. It's just a really good kind of knowledge tool for yourself to improve as an athlete as well. So Exactly. Check, check, check it out. Jonbo, athlinks.com. Check it out. Get on if you're not on already. Jonbo, I'm thinking we should do patrons at the end. Okay, that's fine. Okay, I'm just looking at your notes here, team. Okay, so questions and answers. Okay, we've got one thing from Anthony Mulholland here, and he's got, first of all, I'd like to say thank you uh, that I love the show, and I've been listening to every episode since I took up triathlon three years ago, and I look forward to listening every single week. I'm preparing for racing this summer, and before I started my training, current training block, I did a 20-minute FTP test and a 5K race, a running race, to get my zones for the next while. While I was happy with the average power for the FTP test and my 5k time, I was alarmed at how high my heart rate was on both tests. I averaged 190 BPM uh, and hit a max of 201 for the FTP test, which was a full 10 beats more than when I tested towards the end of last season. My 5k saw a 199 BPM and hit a max of 211, or an average of 119, and hit a max of 211. I'm 26 years old, so I know that I would be the most likely... Have a, oh sorry, I know that I would most likely have a heart higher heart rate than most, but I'd never seen anything overturned in one before. Is this normal? And do I need to see a doctor? The thing with heart rate is it uh, it varies massively from person to person. Um, so I think there's a couple a couple of things going on here. Um, there is a bit of consistency. You know, normally you see with your running, um, you'd expect it to be ballpark. Um, 10 beats higher than what you would in a bike test of similar sort of duration. So I think that's consistent. The numbers do seem high to me. Um, but I think what people need to do, if you're looking at average heart rates, um, when you record, you're getting them off your watch, that can sometimes be a little bit dangerous um, yeah. because if you if your watch, if you've got some errors within that um, that time trial, then it's going to just average all that out and you're going to get a much higher number so for all people that are looking at doing this sort of testing what i would suggest you do is you know if you've got a training peaks account or another um uh, or, or, or if you've got the, the the device that you use whether it be a polar or garmin or whatever is to upload that file online and actually have a look at your file because yeah if, if you're going along you know and, and you see this a lot with heart rate files 
you're riding along or running along and um, your heart rate might be sitting at, say, 160 and you go under, say, a power pylons or something like that and your heart rate will, will shoot to 250 and then it'll come down then it'll shoot back up again. So you can get quite a bit of interference and that will distort what your average heart rate is. So first thing I would say you do is, yeah, try to upload those files to somewhere where you can actually look at the whole um, workout and then you might actually see that, hey, my heart rate isn't quite that high. And then secondly... Um, yeah, that's that's probably the main thing to do is just to just check to see if you have actually got a real average value or if it has been influenced by um, by um, some sort of malfunction. If you're consistently seeing your heart rate being really really high or really really low, um, the other thing, especially with Garmin devices, is you always want to make sure you replace your battery because uh, um, that's what that is usually the most common fix is if you've got a really low battery, then you're going to see some really crappy readings and it's not going to pick up very well. But I would say in your case, Anthony, that does, uh, from a coaching perspective, that, that certainly seems on the high end um, to be able to hit uh, you know, 211. I can't say that any athletes I've ever coached have hit uh, numbers quite that high. Um, so, so if it's not a technology problem, you should go see his doctor? Yeah, it's, it's certainly not not a stupid thing to go and get yourself checked out. But I wouldn't say just go and see your regular GP. They're not going to have a clue what you're talking about. You'd be much better off going to a... a <laughs> to all those GPs out there. Well, <laughs> not all. I'm painting everybody with a, with, a, uh, with some sort of brush, but a lot of GPs are not going to quite understand things. Uh, I think you'd be much better off investing your time and money into going to uh, seeing somebody at a more of a sports dedicated um, facility very good there you go Anthony good luck with that um, happy new year and this one is from Mike um, I'm not sure Mike who Mike 3 Gold probably um, happy new year and welcome back to this enjoying this week's show as usual I wasn't sure if you heard the news about Amy Marsh over the holidays her and Brandon are local pros here in Austin and uh, the news travelled around fast in our community once Brandon announced it on their blog uh, you can read more about it here quick summary to save you time on the 23rd of December 2014 Amy was diagnosed can you hear that can you hear my Oh, it's all going off. And are you in Auckland? Yeah, all right. Go. Um, back in uh, Tuesday, the 23rd of December in 2014, Amy was diagnosed with acute me. Ma- ma- how does that one? Meolid, meloid, leukemia, AML. Uh, AML is a blood and bone marrow cancer. The doctor is optimistic that Amy will respond well to the treatment, though it uh, is still very early. She has started her first phase of chemo and is going through several rounds of chemo and the bone marrow transplant at the least. Wow, that's meant to be pretty full on, that is. Uh, it will be a long road, but the whole community is really railed behind her. There are several calls for action for people who, to, who want to help. They have set up a fundraising page, which also includes details for those in the States to donate blood and to get registered on the bone marrow donor register. If it was appropriate, you could also share this page. and They've got a kind of sharing page where you can fundraise, so we'll put that on www.im.com talk.me uh, it was great to see so many pros voicing their support through local social media and other things as well so uh, that's pretty sad news for Amy but it sounds like she's got a pretty amazing team of people around her so if you want to support Team Marsh uh, we'll kind of give you put a link down www.iamtalk.me nice. John Bo another piece of news we got this sent through from I'm not quite sure who sent this through but there was a female age grouper at Konya's 2014 she came 11th in the age group of 35 to 50 must be 39, um, who got caught for doping. Yeah, Brazilian athlete Silvia Fusco was suspended for the use of EPO, 
after examination at the YI Man 2014, she's got a two-year ban, and she's put her hand up and said, yep, I did it. I made a desperate decision to endure, to prove, because my doctor had told me two weeks before the race I could not bear to do do it with the many injuries that had occurred since she had qualified at Ironman Brazil and the loss of fitness. Um, she'd done nothing for two, mi- two months. She took painkillers and et cetera, et cetera, and then she basically made the decision to take EPO and cheat. It did not mean to make her performance improvements if only because it would be impossible in the state I was in. I just wanted to finish the race. My physical condition was so far below normal. Blah, 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 blah. She admitted it. She took EPO and she's now paying the consequences, but she would like to apologize to everybody. I just think the main thing that comes out of me, out of this for me, is it's interesting that they're actually age groupers for, for doping offences we know that it's it's not commonplace but we know that there are a, a, a lot more than people taking drugs in our sport than what some people realise and for the age groupers very 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 rarely will they get tested but it's always good to see that they are doing at least some testing and they are catching some people and that will act as a deterrent for others you know just that fear of potentially getting caught is enough to hopefully turn a lot of people on i know that will be in hawaii this year you know i know there will be a lot of age groupers that were taking things um but uh yeah it's just good to see they're doing some testing and they are busting people your, th- your thoughts on this one john it's good to see they're doing some testing and no, but like on her choice ah oh. I don't know. I just, I don't know. It just <laughs> seems odd that you're, you know, taking EPO and things like that is not a, a cheap thing. And it just, I don't know. I'd, just see, I'd love to know. Someone, someone odd. let us know. Someone, someone must know what EPO costs on the market. Someone send us an email and just let us know what kind of price you're paying. Uh, we, we won't name names and it doesn't necessarily mean you're using it. But um, just let us know. I'd love to know what the cost is. Like maybe it isn't that expensive. Maybe it's a kind of a, a really realistic choice for someone whose situation. Well, obviously for her, she did make that choice, but, um, you know, like they had a piece on one of those current affair programs a few weeks ago in New Zealand about these young guys who are quite openly using drugs, all types of drugs for bodybuilding and not necessarily even for bodybuilding, purely just for body image. Like mm. they, they aren't competing or anything. They just like looking amazing. And, 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 and in some ways you kind of admired their honesty around what they were doing. They were just saying, look, I, I want a great body and, you know, these things enhance that. And, and, you know, it was kind of, it was very interesting. But these guys were, they were 20, you know, they were bloody farmhands, you know, they weren't earning big money. So the cost of them, you know, to get the drugs, it's obviously within an everyday person's budget. So, you know, I'm just kind of curious to see, yeah, I just, it's just a foreign world to me, isn't it? So I'd just be curious to see what kind of price you're paying. Yeah, it's just a different level of cheating, I think, when you're just sitting there and you're making a conscious decision I'm going to pop this, and you know you're cheating. I just, <laughs> I don't know how people can live with themselves. For pros, it's a totally different story. I understand it's a different ethos when you're trying to make it as a pro, and in cycling and stuff, it's a totally different ball game. But when you're an age group athlete and there is no money on stake, it is, is very much all about pride and what have you, then I just, I don't get it. <laughs> so yeah, Lance came out and said he'd do it again in an interview the other day. Oh, really? Yeah, he's coming out. This weekend Lance is back. This weekend Lance. Well, I think he's bringing out a book. And uh, there was apparently, I haven't had a chance to listen to it, but on the BBC they had an interview with him and he said uh, he wouldn't cheat nowadays because uh, there's no need, but if he would go back in time, he'd still do it again. And uh, I think he's trying to sell books, to be honest, but um, I'll have to listen to the interview. But it'll be interesting to see 
yeah, it'd be interesting to read that book, I suppose. Um, Jombo, the other two emails we don't need to talk about. We'll talk about those ones later. Jombo, final one. You something through from Andrew Taylor. Oh, I, I want to show you the photo, but and I haven't, I haven't got it here, so I'll leave that till next week. It was just okay. a great photo, um, a great photo of a finishing talk sprint. About next week. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I'll show you the photo. Jeez, um, we're short, John. It's only fifty-two minutes. That's fine. I know you've got a busy day. You got, uh, you know, you got actually, a- I haven't. I'm, I'm, I'm really not. Oh, I don't have to. I don't have to be. I don't have to be at work till three. So. Oh. Yeah, it's easy day for me, mate. Easy. Um, patrons. Yes. So we announced the idea of the patron just before John went away, um, and it's been pretty cool. Some people got on board and jumped on board, and let's talk about it, Jumbo. Yeah. So basically, as you heard a few weeks ago, you know we want the the show to survive, and we want to improve, keep improving the show. But at the end of the day, you know there's there's very little sponsorship money in it for us. We we love the support of our sponsors, but you know they'll come and go, and we want to make sure that the the show survives, um, and we can invest some time uh, more time into it. You know we already invest quite a bit. Um, basically, if, if if you know. If even if five percent of you guys out there listening um, contribute a very small amount, then uh, it'll make our lives a lot easier, and we'll keep producing the show at a top level. And you'll go on the chance every second year to win a trip to Kona. And um, you know, it's uh, there's the different levels. You know, there's five bucks a month, ten bucks a month, twenty bucks a month, whatever you feel is appropriate. And you know, it's just a small price, like a magazine subscription or anything like that. And it just helps make our lives a lot easier and uh, keeps the show going nicely. Yeah, totally. If you if you enjoy the show, if it's a highlight of your training week, I know for me, I have certain podcasts which I know come out on certain days of the week, and in the morning, the first thing I do is refresh my podcast and kind of get my favorite podcast. And I actually do. I pay. I donate to the shows that I love, so it's something I kind of believe in. Um, and it's just a way of the new world, you know, with this kind of modern media. You know, the the business models are slightly different, and so it's kind of cool that if you want to support us in doing what we're doing, and we have had some people jump on board and doing it. And so what we're going to be doing. Over the next few weeks, is uh, we, we'll do the nicknames like we did previously. But uh, John, are you arranging the photos? I will arrange the photos. So everybody that emails in, um, I'm just going to put you, and we'll just set up a mailing list and uh, and send in a photo. And then we on our website, we'll have a patrons page, and there'll be a little, um, you know, like a little profile photo with everybody's names who is basically a patron of the show so that is going to be on my to-do list for um in march bevan february is just an absolute complete write-off okay. um, so i'm just going to let you know, get, get things built up and then we'll uh, we'll get the, everything updated as we go into march okay and so then around march we'll, we'll do a page on our website which will have everyone who's a, a uh, patron photos and all that kind of stuff and uh, it'll be all good in the hood. Swim caps uh, are being produced. So if you become a, if you're doing ten dollars a month, you get an IM Talk swim cap, which are going to be looking awesome. And uh, and then if you do, so five bucks a month, you get an entry into the, the winning the Kona prize. Uh, ten bucks, you get two entries. Twenty bucks, you get three entries. And with the twenty bucks one, also I'm getting some beanies done, so you get a bit of cool IM Talk kit. But we're getting a nice black IM Talk. Um, cap for everybody who does 10 bucks a month looking good nice good times rock and roll okay guys and so John you've, we've got a couple of people who have already kind of signed up for the patrons so you want to learn those people now Joseph the star Walensky nice the star is in the, the, most of these names I think are from past names I think these people maybe bought the the book Kona book or we did the, yep. the Kona draw so okay, most of them are from that Tim Pedal to the middle forward. That's a good one, that is. Yeah. Charles the Shadow Meehan. Good old Mark the Missile Scudamore. He's uh he's he's a contributor to the show all the time, isn't he? 
He is. And George, Mr. Money Banks. Team, that's why you want to be a patron. Look at those nicknames. We actually delivered on all those ones. There wasn't a bad one in there. No. Oh, sensational. So, guys, if you want to be a patron, go to www.iamtalk.me. He's supporting the show, which I imagine is a, is a highlight of your triathlon week. <laughs> I have to say that. And, uh, and just support the boys to do better work at what we're doing and what we're doing anyway. Okay, John Boy, what's your gosh? You've been away for a few weeks. I have. So, be, what, do you, what do you always say about long range weather forecast, Bevan? Never trust long range. Never trust it. Never so trust it. I've got a camp coming up. We're going over to the West Coast uh, this weekend from Saturday through to, to Tuesday. Four-day camp. It's going to be uh, you know, like a mini epic. The, our last day is going to be pretty big, riding from Lake Brunner back to Christchurch, which is 205Ks with oh. uh, some crazy-ass climbing yeah. are in there. You, are you training on the camp? No, I am uh, helping others nice. this time around. And the forecast for Christchurch, we've had an amazing summer. Oh, the forecast ridiculous. from tomorrow onwards is 10 days of uh, rain and drizzle. So I'm hoping they're going to get that wrong. When we went up to Kaiteri for our holiday, forecast for the first week, Bevan, rain basically every day. What did it do? 25 to 30 degrees sun every Fair. single day. Never trust long range, John. It's a guess. Yeah. <laughs> and I think they always guess pessimistically as well because yeah. they, you know people are always happy if they get it wrong. Yeah, yeah true. Not it's, happy. That's right. It's right. If it's it good. rains yep. when it's exactly. sunny. Yeah. Anyway, so we had a great, uh, great holiday in Kaiteri. Just amazing weather. The water was way hotter. Global warming sucks <laughs> on so many fronts. But hey, but summertime. <laughs> but summertime, um, the water temperature, you know, in New Zealand, in Christ, well, not in Christchurch, in Kaiteri, the water is normally, it's great for swimming, but you know, it's, it's not like Hawaii or Australia where you can just stay in there for ages. This time around, you just stay in there for as long as you want. Like the, we, I went to the beach one day with Thomas. We took him down there and Belinda was doing stuff up at the house for a while. And she came down maybe an hour later and he'd been in on his boogie board. for the, the, As soon as we got there, he went straight in the water and just did not get out. Wow. Um, so it was awesome times. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, ran most most days, which was great. So getting back into a groove with the running. Nice. And do you want a good game to play with kids, Bevan? Yes. Go on. There's new things out. What I better find what they're called. But it's called Monopoly Deal. Oh no, I think I've got that. Is it is it the card game? The cards. You get them a little. So it's like a card game, and you sort of uh, yeah yeah. Jeff, Jeff and Kate have it. We've we played it. Ah, oh, it's gold. Yeah, yeah. It's the best game to play with your kids. Because you don't have to take it easy on them. Felicity, I do a little bit. She isn't quite mastered it. But Thomas is um, seven, and you don't have to go hard on them. And it's it's a, there's a there's a degree of luck in there. But for an eight year old up, seven year old up, he totally gets it. And so you can play a good hard game, and he's got a good chance of winning. Nice. It's gold. We just play game after game after game at that. I love playing games, John. It's one of life's pleasures, I reckon, playing games. Like board games and stuff like that. It's just so much fun playing games. Yeah. One of my friends, I don't know if you meet Mark, Mark, Marky Mark, he, um, his family have decided one night a week they have a games night and, and they've got a mix of teenagers and some young kids and that. And so every Monday night they get home and it's games night. And, and it's such a cool idea. Mm. Yeah. No, it was good times. Mm. Uh, so that Bevan just got back yesterday afternoon. So getting back into daily grind today. Back into the grind. Good. You go away for two weeks. I was keeping on top of emails, but that was about it. And uh, yeah, it's not going to be a very pleasant couple of days. Well, hopefully that long range forecast is different. John, Bo, I, I'm up in Auckland and I'm in my hotel room that has no air conditioning, which is crazy because it, it seems to have no air conditioning and also it seems to attract the heat, which is not a good thing. <laughs> so I'm, I'm scorching up here 
And the other night I was, I was in my room and, and seriously, gunshots went off. Oh, and, really? Oh, man, like I'm, I'm sitting in my room and he's bang, bang, bang. I'm like, oh, my God, someone's just been shot or something. I'm fear crapping myself. Well, I'm not crapping myself because I'm in a hotel room way up high, but I kind of thought, wow, this is not good. And then all of a sudden, machine guns start to go off and you hear all these people yelling and I'm like, oh, my God, what's the World War III's a bit about to begin? Actually, I got it slightly wrong. It was Auckland's 175th anniversary and they were doing fireworks, but <sighs> I didn't know it for the life of me. For a sp- Middle once it went kind of crazy and you heard the screaming, for about five seconds I was like, whoa, what is this? But, oh, man, I, was, I have to admit, for the, because they had like three that just went off by themselves for like two minutes before any others. Yeah. Slightly, slightly concerned I was, John. I stopped, dropped, and I rolled. I was on the ground, had the blankets over me. Yeah. Oh, goodness. Mm. Oh, Auckland's a funny old place. Auckland. Oh, what else have we been doing? Uh, How's your running going? Oh, I'm slow, I'm, I'm, I've got a plan, John. Three-month plan. Three months to get my body good. And uh, to be honest, I just wanted to get through this week of work. It was a pretty demanding week of work. And uh, I uh, just thought, no, get through this week. And I went for a run the other day, but it's very slow and Three months, John. Three months. Strength, Nuts. flexibility. I've been in yoga every day. And uh, so, yeah, don't, don't lock me in for Auckland yet. Let's put it that way. Okay. Although I'll have to enter, won't I? Uh, of- no, it doesn't sell out. The marathon never sells out. Oh, it doesn't? Does, but oh, no, okay. It doesn't. You're fine. Okay. So, yeah, it's owned by WTC now, Bevan. We, we, we know the people in there. We'll get you in oh, there. Oh, they we'll love us. We're, yeah. You know, we're like BFFs. Yeah. <laughs> anything else anything else happening nothing else happening Jobbo no I've just got a pile I've got, honestly I've got this pile of mail sitting next to me that's basically 90% bills that I've got to go through that's always good times wow, when we come that, back from holiday that is exciting first isn't two it? things you open are the credit card bills yep. Man, great yep. especially from the Christmas one yeah you yep, know that's, that's always a little bit less <laughs> yeah yeah always <laughs> I'm, I'm a real anal budgeter like, stupidly anal budgeter and uh, December normally you spend in our in our household, we'll spend three times as much as any other month. Really? Yeah, it's really interesting. And and, and Joe and I, you know, we're not big spenders, but you do, you know that, that month it's an expensive time. Mm-hmm. So anyway, it's That's uh, why we need those patrons, Bevan. <laughs> exactly, we've got to feed our families. <laughs> okay, guys, I think we've, we've waffled on. We've only just got over an hour, mate. What's all well, that about? Do, uh, we've got to put out our legend show as well, I suppose. Um, we've got the interview recorded, so we'll put that out as well um, with Sally Edwards. Can we do that next week? Uh, it's going into February. We haven't done anything for January. Uh, okay. I suppose. We can do. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Yeah. But it's going to be coming out of it, so to check out your, your iTunes accounts. Um, we'll have an interview with Sally Edwards coming out. A lot of you will not have heard of her, but she's a real pioneer for um, – women's triathlons and uh, was a good athlete in her day as well but just done some uh, some very entrepreneur as well yeah yeah so lots of you know it was very much around from near nearly day one and um, just yeah pioneer in terms of uh, sport in America okay then Chombo let's rock and roll Iron Rass Iron Man don't train hard train smart (gasps) Kia Kaha love your work